Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 30-7 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We find a topic and we play some music. This past weekend, I got to the end of Persona 5. Like, officially. Nope, 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 nope. I'm there. I'm right there. He's near it. He's I'm near, near it. it. So, like, I'm there and I'm getting my butt handed to me by these monsters and I'm like... I better take my time and like try to figure out my my roster of my own monsters to get the right click to get the right. I need the right magic abilities because I cannot get through. I had two game overs. Yeah, two game overs. Yeah, for the same guy. Yeah, I went through it, and uh, about two hours later, I had a game over. Back to the beginning. About an hour into it, got a game over. I threw the controller and said, "Okay, maybe next time." I actually believe you threw the controller. Yeah, so, and then I and then I went through and I was like, "Okay, let me just see if I can fix up my guys. Maybe I didn't spend enough time." It's been the past when I've had trouble with a game. It's because I didn't do enough fusions. I that, got and fused. that's true. Yeah, and so I did that, and now I'm thinking maybe I can grind. But like, I'm all I have to do is one evening, one evening, and I can do it all in one shot. But it won't be all one evening. Maybe two, if you don't have any issues like you're having right now. Because you've got some guys that I'm not telling you why or what happened. Because there's still like maybe one or two big story bits that hit yeah, before I, the end. I read ahead to be like, okay, is there are there other places to save? I mean, and I was like, there's two safe rooms. After the second safe room, it's the point of no return. There is so there's two safe rooms in that in the bottom of mementos. Yes, there's two safe rooms in the bottom of mementos. After the second one's the point of no return. You can leave mementos entirely, but you can only go to the clinic and to the airsoft shop. Yeah, because and, of story reasons. And I thank God I looked this up because you because you because you can't you can't your social pro- links are over. Social links are over. You can't progress any more days. But if you talk to the jailers in in um in the in the velvet room, they mm. they re up all of your health and magic. Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. That changes everything. <laughs> I did not know that. So, I powered through. <laughs> so so if I get to a safe point, I can always back up and, and do it because I was having real trouble. I was. Real, real. And this is with the SP bandage thing. Yeah, they only give you so much. So if I if I start to run low on on magic, then that that fighter is relegated to using items and physical attacks until he's built back up again. And that would be yeah, that'd be a rough shot. I'm and trying I'm to remember. Pr- well, if- you know what? I didn't. I didn't take my. Cl- I didn't. I didn't get the um uh, the doctor's link all the way up. You don't have to max it out to get those bandages. Just like seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. So then I, I have the highest. I thought It'll maybe I thought maybe they, three. I thought yeah, okay. That's what I have. I thought maybe it got better the more I played. No, because the only stays by the only points. the only um social link that I got the ten was Morgana because you, it's just it's it's part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, I thought the, the the homeroom teacher I got to nine, and I don't think I was going to finish that because that was a little too um strange. And that's strange. It was a little too like, come on, anime. <laughs> You're probably like, what's Pernell looking at right now? But I was trying to confirm it's something I feel like I remember doing it. So You're reading point. about, you know, Joker and no, homeroom no. teacher fanfic. No, I'm yeah, not, not, yeah. Not, on, not on the air. Come on. <laughs> but no, I was just trying to confirm if uh if you could use energy drain in that game, which I'm like I'm positive I could have oh, had it on something. Even yeah. if I didn't ultimately like it long term. Well, you gave me the the game changer was that um the the data or the brain drain, which is the the brainwash uh-huh. attack they do is physical, and I can block physical with a wall. Yep. So boom, because because I know I had that skill for Joker, and I had that skill for Haru, 
So they're on the front lines. Oh, so you already have people that have the ability just naturally learned. Oh, only one. Yeah, yeah. She she has all that stuff. Oh yeah, well, there you go. I yeah. never I never fight with her. So. Oh yeah, that's what. Honestly, I don't think I use Haru that much either because by that point in the game, Joker did everything. Like I, yeah. he was like a he was a Swiss Army knife, and it was like, okay, these guys are just meant to carry the torch so they can get back to him. Yeah, so they can do more stuff. At one point, what was happening was these these enemies would come and brainwash my guys that. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this so much on the show again. But Joker was the only one who could fight it because he has the origami um, persona Shikyoji. Yes, I was wondering. I was like, you better so, have him So the still. only, only, the only strategy I had was to let everybody die and so that he could just do physical attacks for as long as possible, mm-hmm. which was fine. But when I went up against four of those things, the fight took four times as long. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this. Then the fight's over. I heal everybody back up again. I hope no one's behind me. Let's keep going. Because <laughs> if I get um, surprised, it's over. It's interesting to hear people talk about these oh, games like gosh. that. Because like, we have a listener on the so show. That is- oh, oh, I got to say, up to this point, uh-huh. it's been cake. It's been like super simple. The, 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 last, the last run of Shido's Palace... Simple, super easy. The last, the last run of uh, Mementos, which I did, uh-huh. not there was nothing. If, if I surprised the personas, I was automatically grabbing them. Hey. Like I was, it was stupid. And then I get here, and like everything's, I'm just getting bodied. It's just awful. They put, he's like, this is the, this is the final merit, or the yeah. second to last final. I marathon. knew this would happen. I'll start playing again. I'll get interested. I will finish the game before the end of the year. Is my is my summer games challenge? Dun dun dun. Yeah, Bro, I'm gonna hold you to it again. I have some time off. I have I have to take tight days off. I have like over a week to take off before the end of the year. So I'm going to finish it. But I'm, I'm like, I'm going to hold you to it. If I come over here, you're like, I was going to, but then we started doing some home renovations work instead. I'm like, ah, I gotcha. Gotcha. Look, I had to go to Ikea today. I woke up and I thought, mm, oh, no, 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 don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's totally understandable. But once the declaration is made, <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> now, yeah. now it's All like, right. well, I said I would do this. Persona talk out of the way. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, last week for our anniversary show. But, but, but we can't change it yet. We got one more thing to say related to the similar of the topic. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. And then what do you want to <laughs> but say? But we'll say it again. We'll still say that. Thank you. <laughs> and, we, and we love you. And we really appreciate everyone who spent time with us. And I think the episode came out really great. It did. It was it a really lot of fun. Did. Yeah, yeah. A lot of music. Um, so, oh, are you making the announcement? Yeah, it was not an announcement. It's like a general yeah, yeah. statement. Which yeah, is we're that, breaking uh, up. We're breaking up. Ah! We're gone. Unless he beats Persona Four, but like, oh. like <laughs> there's like in the top left of my of my eyes, I can see like four days remain. <laughs> four days remaining of rhythm and pixels. I better finish this dungeon. Okay, um, I got to send the calling card. I'll come to I'm going to call you up and be like, I'm doing it. I'm going to beat this dungeon. Like, holy! My, oh, oh my god! As a bleeper. Uh, anyway, playing this game is your dun- is your palace. That's right. It's that's, your palace. That's my palace. But I was going to say, uh, we also have SMT5 chat in the uh, Rhythm and Pixels Discord, Shin Megami Tensei 5 chat. And I want to say congrats to B. Sinky. That's his name in the group. Uh, completed Shin Megami Tensei 5 with a clock of a little over 60 hours. Mm. Uh, I'm amazed by that because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm playing on a harder difficulty, which is my problem. But I'm st- I feel like I'm nowhere in the game. And I got like 25 hours clocked into it. And then this thing comes up. He's like, hey, congratulations. I beat the game. 60 hours. Like, oh, my God. How much more do I have to go? I don't know what's happening. 
But like, yeah, but he was he was on fire for that dude. He would post in the chat group every once in a while, like, this is how I've done here. This these are the monsters I've been working with. Yeah, I haven't been following because I, I don't I haven't been playing the I can't play the game. So it's just been fun like knowing that there's a whole little support group for you guys. It's a lot of fun, yeah. Like I would I'd be content with more games doing that, even if I'm not personally a part of it. I mm-hmm. like the idea of like people collectively saying, We're playing this game in unison. Mm-hmm. Like Carlito is trying to get people to play Astalon, which is funny. He's like, Have you heard of this game? I'm like, we brought it up twice on the show. But like uh nonetheless, like I'm like, I don't care. Buy it, play it, because it's good and you should play it. And then now cameras consider I'm like, just play the freaking game and then you can talk about it. That that to me is what gaming is about. Like mm-hmm. I can play games alone till the cows come home. Yeah, but but talking about them with yeah. other people is just so much fun. This gives you it's like it's like your playground. You have your own little playground talk to yeah. like hang out. Like we were talking about the P five, you were like, I get hit by this guy. I'm like, use Tetracar and you're like, What? <laughs> I'm like, Tetracar. Well, first of all, every name in that game makes no doesn't really help me understand. So if you're like, Yeah, you gotta use Master Raccoon to do and I'm is like, probably an actual spell. Oh, of course I have that. What does it do though? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, like it's just that shared experience where like people are like you didn't try this strategy or the ultimate the alternative, which is like, oh, you did that strategy too. Oh yeah, I did it, but I did this too. And it's it's just it adds extra layers of fun to what you're engaging in. That's 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 just sticky wicked to me. Before I forget, okay, got got all that done, and now for our main presentation, <laughs> Rhythm and Pixels presents. Ninjas, no, pirates versus ninjas. It's an odd topic that's been sitting on the fire for a little while. And then next week, ninjas versus pirates. That's right. <laughs> that is right. So the idea is going to be that, because normally on an episode, we'd be just doing the thing where it's like, okay, well, this week we're all going, we're going to pick tracks from this theme. And that's yeah, what that games with dinosaurs in them. Oh, we should do that. I would like that. Yeah, so dinosaur games. If also, I have another theme idea in mind. This too. is like two themes in one. We'll have to put this on the docket, though. Actually, mm-hmm. make sure I write this down before we go. But like, uh, I'll bring it, I'll bring it up here. So it was, it's going to be called like Always Sunny on Rhythm and Pixels. Okay. And obviously, this is a two folder for everybody because it's based on a show that I like, but you don't. So we have to work with it in a way that hits both sides. So for my end, and maybe even both, we'll see how it goes. But it'd be like I would try to come up with tracks related to characters that mm. I fit. I feel fit the person personalities of the characters on Always Sunny ooh, in Philadelphia. Ooh. And I live near Philadelphia, so I'll write. I'll pick songs for Philadelphia. No, 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 no. Games with great schemes. Oh, okay, yeah, I can do that because every episode is like a little like some scheme. stupid scheme. And honestly, I feel like with that show, <laughs> like I feel like those characters, even though they're like the main characters, they are more so the antagonists of yeah. that show's world. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, this villain's stupid scheme was to do this thing so he can quarter the monopoly on coffee beans in this oh, in okay. sphere or whatever. That's and that's fun. my track. Let's do that. Yeah, so there you go. So there we are. But whack topics. But for this one, what we're doing is uh. For one week, Rob is taking on the role of ninjas, and I'm taking on the role of pirates. And then the next week, it's the opposite, whereas we're seeing, you know, who could do better on the other end of the spectrum. And it's just kind of fun to be like, what is going on? And I feel like, and I'm wondering how Rob's going to fare on this next week, but I'm doing pirates this week. And the first thing I really came to realize is that I don't play a lot of games that involve pirates. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, And I was thinking that too. I'm like, well, there's Skies of Arcadia. There is um, Sid Meier's Pirates. Curse of Monkey Island, but I've never played that. <laughs> Curse of Monkey Island. 
Yeah, there's yeah. like there's like a lot of random games, and there's also oh, games oh. where like I didn't want to over dip. Mm. Like I could have been like Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, yeah, Maru, which was um, a Capcom arcade game in which you're um, a boy who lives on a ship and you have to move barrels, and there's pirates on the ship trying to kill you. There, that might be a track you pick next week. That's I don't think there's any music in that game. It's, it's old, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But there I, is music. It's just like it's like you got a power up, and it goes. It just does that for like an hour. Yeah. Um, okay, so let us kick things off with the pi- the lighter side of Pirates and Ninjas. For now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate bloopers. Um, all right, so this is Pirates versus Ninjas. Pernell is on the pirate team. That's correct. Good, because I picked ninjas. Yeah, but I say, yeah, I'd be scared. We were like the lighter side of pirates. Like, where did you choose tracks for? You what? came in, and I was like, where's Daddy Malk? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess I'm doing ninjas. All right, so what you got? All right, so. Funny enough, I will go with the lighter side of ninjas, or for a uh, lighter side of pirates with this first track, because it's sort of a game that <laughs> a feels light. Yeah. Um, this comes from the game Zack and Wiki, Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure. The track is Airship, and this is composed by Shinya Okada and Tadayoshi Makino. Welcome back. You're listening to Airship from the game Zack and Wiki Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure, released on the <laughs> Nintendo Wii, composed by Shinya Okada and Tadayoshi Makino. So I felt like this would apply to what I'd consider to be like the lighter side of pirating. I could have gone with like a One Piece video game or something. But I also feel like Zack and Wiki is a good game that doesn't get nearly enough love. Yeah, tell, me, tell me. me about Zack and Wiki. I don't, I don't know. I don't know Zack about Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a classic puzzle game that was released on the Nintendo Wii. Actually, funny enough, on my birthday back in like 2007. Huh. And uh, the premise of the game is that you are a kid named Zack who is like kind of like a shipwright of sorts on like a pirate ship, but his goal is to become a really great pirate. And one day while hanging out on a scenario of proportions with his friend and companion, Wiki, uh, he stumbles across the chest of 
I want to say Barbaros the pirate, mm-hmm. and inside the chest is like Barbaros's head, like a talking skull. And he's like, "Hey, by the <laughs> way, um, I'll make a deal with you. If you can help me put my body back together, I'll give you the location of like my super secret treasure." So he agrees to it, and Zach and Wiki go on a quest to find Barbaros's treasure by reuniting his body parts. So you go to like a bunch of different like themed islands, and it's like a point and click adventure mm. where. Like you explore these locations and you click on different things that lets you sometimes find items or like switches and things like that. And then you use those things in other locations. Like you might find like a uh, extendo grab claw and you click on that, you go grab it. And now it's like, like, what do I do with this thing? It's like, okay, I need to grab this thing and pull myself over or pull this ledge over. So that when this boulder comes rolling down, it gets redirected by the ledge that I just pulled out of the wall or whatever. Okay. And it's a lot of cool like puzzles like, like that. Like environmental kind of puzzles. Uh huh. But you, you point and click. A lot. Dude. Point and click because it was the Wii. So oh, right. the Wii, you had the Wii, Wii mode so you could like point at the screen and go grab that mm-hmm. and move it over here. And then sometimes you just like actually use the equipment by like say shaking it or pulling the lever with the oh, Wii mode and stuff like that. So because this was back when like the Wii was still fairly new. Mm-hmm. So everybody and their grandma was like, how can we take advantage of what the Wii brought to the console market? Which was yeah, this, this point game, and click stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 2007 North America. So because like I ended up buying it when it came out. And you know me, I played it for a business. This game is awesome. <laughs> and then I got detoured by something else. I wouldn't mind looking at what other games came out around that time to see what would that detoured game would have been. Um, but ultimately, I still have the game. And I would have even booted it up recently to try it, except I already got sidetracked for a retro boot up, being The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I saw you that I posted that at like 2 in the morning. And I was like, look at, look at that. Yeah, because what happened was like one of my <laughs> oldest friends, uh, Anthony, he, I, I have like a game group that I have, and he just posted in there the other day. He was like, "This water table's stupid." Not gonna the time. I spent like three days there. I quit. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I commented, just like, I don't understand why it is that of all the dungeons and all the Zelda games, the Water Temple is the one from Ocarina of Time that has this stigma of being like the worst dungeon in the series. And I see people complain about it all the time. So I'm like, maybe my memory is just bad because I remember it being two other dungeons that gave me problems in that game. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I have my N64. I wonder if I have a save file on that 1998 cartridge that still harkens back to that dungeon. And yeah. I booted it up, dug it out of the closet. Those, those games don't ever stop working. Apparently <laughs> not. Yeah. They have batteries, but it's still got the same charge. Oh, good, good. So, like, I opened it up, turned it on. I had one save file at the end of the game from, you might remember the story when I was like, I came back years later to finally finish the game. Mm-hmm. That save file's still there. But then there's a second save file that puts me in front of the Forest Temple, which is the dungeon before the water. So I was like, you know, since I told people that I had more trouble with the forest than the water, it's fitting that I start here anyway. Like, how hard is the forest temple now? And how hard is the water temple? And I'll compare the two. I'm like, this is how it is. But funny enough, the first thing that killed me was a 3D game before Twin Sticks. Because... It's really hard now. Oh, You're so used to oh, be able to oh, just like oh. reorganize where your position is by moving. Playing the right a 3D game before you had two joysticks on the controller. Yes, is extremely challenging. Yes, it is. Yes. I'm like I was like struggling just to fight the basic wolves at the beginning of the dungeon. <laughs> it's amazing how, like in these games, for the longest time, they were like trying to get let's get the camera to work perfectly. So no matter where you were in the game, the camera would be where you needed to be, and it never worked quite right. And then at some point. Especially on the PlayStation, they said, screw it, the player is in control of the camera forever. Mm-hmm. And that camera is just with their line of sight. Yes. And that's it. And honestly, I love it. It's funny when you think about it. And, back and, then, and now was, we're just so used to doing it. Yeah, because yeah. back when Zelda Ocarina of Time came out, it was revolutionary. And 
we were accepting of how the camera worked it. Like it was like, this is great. I could do this and I could press the button and just kind of stand still and look around, which you can still do, of course. Um, Wait, but you can't, can't you use the, the, the analog stick with your right hand to be like the camera? No, the way that the N64 controller was primarily designed, it was like that weird three prong setup. The left side was a cross pad, the middle was the thumbstick, the right side was the C buttons, B and A. Yeah. So the way it was designed was most games weren't meant for you to hold it and use all of the buttons. It was either this game used the cross pad, or this game used the thumbstick. Zelda used the thumbstick. So you hold it by holding the middle of the controller and the right side of the controller. Oh, you hold the middle of the controller with your left hand. Yes. And, that, and it was designed only to work that way. Yes. Oh, that's right, because I used to play GoldenEye with my friends, and I was the only one who would do the control scheme where the look around was on my right hand. Ah. And everything else was on my left hand. Yep, see, that guess thing, like, GoldenEye gave you tons of, like, control options, which was great for that. Yeah, and then I remember, because shooting, you could just use the trigger on your finger underneath the joystick and everyone's like how could you play it that way I'm like why would you play it any other way and that's another game actually it's, that we booted up last week oh yeah and I'm like this game I can't fathom how to play this anymore <laughs> like I was just like I, I was like having trouble I was walking to the walls and mess like what's going on I need it was control def- the control definitely a skill that was learned on the job mm-hmm. um, alright so you played a game from Capcom I'm gonna play a game from Capcom uh oh this is from Street Fighter V, the arcade edition, we're going to listen to the theme of our little ninja girl, Ibuki. Oh, okay. I was like, where are you getting ninjas from this? <laughs> yeah. Little Ibuki ninja. All right. So this is Ibuki's theme composed and arranged by Masahiro Aoki, credited as Godspeed. And we're back. You're listening to the theme of Ibuki from the game Street Fighter V, the arcade edition. Um, the original was composed by, I mean, very loosely composed by uh, uh, Hideki Okugawa, 
I think is 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 calls back to some of the the melodies of the original theme of Ibuki from uh, Street Fighter Three, which track is called Twilight, composed by Hideki Okugawa. No, I gotta ask. But this, this is this one. Sorry, this one is done by um, Godspeed, who is the alias for Masahiro Aoki. And this track is one of the best in this game. Now, I got to ask, though, because I feel like my brain was really jumbled when you chose this officially, which is that I thought, I'm assuming, obviously, I know you didn't do this, but <laughs> I originally thought you'd played Ibuki's track before, but you did the one from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, didn't you? Yeah, and that was that was episode, like, 2-7. Like, I, it's that's, that's the last time we played the Ibuki track. And I, I played it on um, Edge Show, the VG Embassy. Because her track is very drum and bass sounding, and so I played it for my drum and bass episode on his episode on his show. Um, but no, I never played. I can't. I, I have played a few Street Fighter Five tracks that have been some of my favorites. But this is one of my favorites. I, I love the guitar sound. It's kind of it does have like a shamisen kind of feel to it. As soon as it started, you went shamisen, shamisen, shamisen. <laughs> I hear it. Um, Ibuki in Street Fighter Five is pretty good. Like, She's one of the later reveals too, right? Yeah, Arcade Edition was like the second like big version that was released, and she was like one of those one of those seasons, like season four, or season five characters. Um, sh- her whole thing was um, throwing like bombs in the air that could air juggle enemies. Mm-hmm. It was it was so hard to to time and to get just right. But if you could do it, you could juggle your opponent for like a really long time. So uh, it has been used like in the pro league like a whole whole lot, but I never got good enough to do anything with her. So I just was like I had fun with her, and then I just kind of put her away. Like I was like there would yeah. we'll always have third strike. And something about yeah right, it, it really do. But like something about like the main characters like Cami and Ryu and Ken, like they play very familiar, and there's no thing there's nothing that's really going to wildly change like the gravity of anything. I'm not waiting for things to fall down at the right time. So I can play them really, really well. But any of these characters, especially the newer ones like, like, um, like Ibuki and some of the others, I just I can't bother. I, I I can't get my head around it. And if unless I spend my entire time getting good at that one character, and then only playing that one character forever, I can't do it. That's what's interesting about I'm that kind of that stuff good. too, because like you said, you have the I call them I'll call them the safe characters where you can come in and it's like okay it's not about it's not about like you know physics or anything it's about how I manipulate the character but by that same token when you come across these physics based characters to see someone come into a tournament and be like I'm an Ibuki main yeah, it's like juggle, 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 juggle. Yeah, you gotta launch, get, smash. Like, you get afraid. A, you get real afraid. But it's also like impressive to see, though. Like mm-hmm. you're like, how are you timing all that? What if the guy, like, what if the guy does like a, a, a Roman? Oh, this is guilty gear language. Roman cancel. We can do a Roman cancel yeah. and stops your combo. Are you going to be able to react to that? Like, yes, I can. I practiced that. Now I got shuriken. I'll throw across the screen. Yeah, the shuriken was another one. She can throw the the giant shuriken across the screen, and then it would come back. And depending on the the attack it would come back at different heights mm-hmm. and so you had to manage like when it was going to go and then time it when it was going to come back so you can juggle them in the air again it's the and very it's so epitome hard. of like so hard. to me it's like the epitome of like gamer chess like the outside of actual chess because this is real time this isn't okay he made a move now I have infinite amount of time short of a clock yeah. to plan this now it's like no he made a decision that altered my moves I have a variety of chess moves I can make yep. but I gotta make it right now yeah. there is no time to plan, I have to react, and that to me is the dance. That's fighting that games. I love watching in fighting games, despite yeah, the fact that, that I am games. atrocious at them. Oh, me too. I mean, I like them a lot. I'm okay with them if I if I practice, but 
But uh, you're good enough. Like, I've seen you in tournaments. You hang, you hold your own. I've seen people straight up say, wow, you're really good with Abel. Even if you lose a match, it's like, wow, this guy is good with Abel. Well, that's Abel. the thing. That's another thing is, like, I got really good with the characters no one used. <laughs> so people, that's what makes it impressive. People didn't like Abel, so no one, had, no one knew how to defend against him. But is it possible that maybe <laughs> no one used Abel because he also wasn't a safe character? Yeah, no, because he, he's a grappler. So he was, he's, t- he's a grappler that's not Zangief. Yeah. So he was pretty tough um, to, to, to play with. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, uh, fighting games are like chess. It's like speed, rock, paper, scissors. At any given moment, you're thinking about, if I get knocked down, when that person wakes up, he's either going to block, either going to jump, he's going to attack, or he's going to do like a special attack that might go through something else. So then you have to decide, am I going to approach him immediately? Am I going to try to throw a media attack, which means like put a punch out so that when he gets up, he walks into my hitbox that's already out? Mm-hmm. Am I going to walk up like I am going to and then block instead? But if I do that, then that means that he's anticipated that and he's going to, he can, if I'm just blocking, when he gets up, he might just throw me. It's beautiful. Well, am isn't I gonna, it? it's, and it's like throughout the course of a match, you're conditioning each other so that you can essentially like, okay, well, I threw him. I threw a fireball and then I punched him. He's probably waiting for me to throw him again. And so then you walk up and since he's waiting for you to throw, you can punch him in the face. <laughs> so it's like, and he's doing that to you too. It's like rock, paper, scissors over and over again. This time he's going to throw a rock. This time I know he's going to throw a rock. And then you go and play and you throw paper and he's like, no, <laughs> it's over. Side it, side it up. It's and, over. That, and that's why at a lot of fighting game tournaments, you see like really hardcore, like really intense players doing side tournaments of just rock, paper, scissors. Like literal rock, paper, scissors. Just rock, paper, scissors with like a whole lot of money on the line. <laughs> general anticipation. Because like, it's the same logic, like you said. It's the same thing. You do it fast, and you're trying to read your opponent, and some people get so good at it, that stuff. That's, that's what it is. But, but fighting games, it's real time. It's fast. You, just, have, you don't have time to think. You, you have to practice the game so that all of your execution is on autopilot, so that you can react to the with the execution without thinking about the execution. You totally just remind me of Marty Riss's thing. The the meme was like, "Good old dynamite. Nothing yeah. beats that." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Martyrus? Is that? It's Martyrus. Martyrus in our Discord chat comes up with some of the funniest memes now of our show, and uh, I really appreciate that. I, yeah, I, I post I really them on, like on the main Facebook, and I'm like, "Oh, check this weird meme about that." Every time it comes up, I just start laughing. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll, I'll stop waxing uh, philosophical on fighting games and why they're the best thing in the world. Um, we're back to pirates. So this is Nitz. So Ibuki versus Zack and Wiki. Well, are, we, are we doing that? Or are we just saying like... Well, I mean, I don't think it's so much like one-to-one. It's like, think of it as the entire boutique. Like, here's a bunch. Here's three tracks you brought in. Here's three tracks I bought in. You know, and then, of course, the BR. So and it's, just be like, hey... It's, pi- it's pirate, Pirates Cross Ninjas. <laughs> no, Pirates versus Ninjas. It still <laughs> works. Like, I think... I like the idea of like the of the two types butting heads. In the sense, it's like, this week, Rob brought these tracks to represent this type of this genre or this style and Parnell brought these and next week it'll be like okay now the opposite based on the set who brought who brought the heat and stuff Uh, like that yeah yeah so this uh, Ibuki plays is like the, the the cute anime ninja that shows up and is like, yeah, I'm just a school girl, but I'm also a ninja, but I'm also a school girl. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I had a track for this, but may, it may well end up being the end of the episode track now because when you brought this up, I, re- I immediately remembered who I wanted to have on the show, but then couldn't because I played her theme way back on Blue Sky Games. Ooh. But then I learned on the fly that she's got a new theme. That, that episode didn't count. 
No, no, it counts. It's just I'm going to play the other theme, which is going to be a blinder because I have never heard this song before. Oh, oh. That will be a true blind shot, but I want to fit it on the show because I think it'll be cool to be like, hey, here's my fighting game, Pirate Girl. All right, we'll get into it. And that is May from Guilty Gear. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. Come on. Well, we'll find out because, again, I've never heard this track before. Uh, but this is from the game Guilty Gear Strive. Oh. Um, and the track is oh. called The oh. Disaster of Passion. And it is composed by the one and only Daisuke Ishiwatari. Go! 
<laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to The Disaster of Passion from the game Guilty Gear Strive, composed by Daisuke Ishiwatere and with vocals by Aisha. Mm. So I will I openly admit it during the tracks playing, because again, I've never heard this until now. Um that this sounds so unlike a pirate theme. However, this, as Rob pointed out, this very much does sound like a May theme. Like she's awesome. Uh, she is the, you know, the, the resident pirate girl of the Guilty Gear series. She is a dolphin riding, anchor flailing, bruiser of a juggernaut, and yes, she's tiny <laughs> and very bubbly and energetic. Uh, fantastic character, and also one of the mains that I was playing with when I was doing my days in Guilty Gear. So your days, the time you did in Guilty Gear, uh huh, Guilty Gear Penitentiary. Uh, <laughs> so I played as Ma May, I played as Mai, I played as Eno, Milia Rage, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think that was pretty much my base set. I pretty much used those characters because I liked weird characters. Amelia Rage was just the character with the freaking crazy hair, but. Can't deny a person just like launches dolphins. <laughs> something well, you like button. you like the female characters too. You like the you like the glass cannons. Mm-hmm. Generally, the female fighters in these fighting games. That's right. Yep. So, this I am happy with this track though. Like it's funny though because at first I thought I was like, oh man, I may have made a terrible mistake, but then it hits you. Like it actually does have a nice poppy vibe going for it. Yeah, it's a very pop punk vibe. I said uh, this is a very Avril Lavigne. Skater boy style. <laughs> yes, but that's cool though. I mean, I, yeah, I like that. I like the chorus, and the, the chorus gets crazy. The second up to the second chorus, the bridge to the second chorus, where she's just like yelling things. I'm like, what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is another form of like the fun side of piracy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's like she was a pirate, but she just embraced the pirate life. Though she's more into guilty gearing. <laughs> <laughs> guilty gearing. Because honestly, I have no idea to this day what Guilty Gear actually refers to. Yeah, I'm not really sure. The gear has to do with, I think, um, some power that they have. But maybe I'm thinking of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in their stands. I'll be blunt. You might not be far off from that. It very well may be they have powers that are called gears. Yeah, yeah. Each one has a gear, and her gear is a dolphin. (laughs) Maybe. But also, I like that that, that she, she rides a dolphin. Because I want to say, uh, if awesome. I remember incorrectly, because yeah. I might be confused with Blast Blue, and if I am, someone can totally correct me. But Potemkin yeah, is like a character it. who I remember being referred to as the character that has no ability. He's just really strong. Yes, yeah. Potemkin is the big grappler, strong man from yeah. Guilty Gear. Yes, because yeah. now I remember his track is called Burly Heart. Yes, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Potemkin. He was a really interesting fighter in that game. He just walked slowly but punched like a truck. I remember talking about it was ages ago. I mean. Years and years ago, when we were at our friend's, our friend's house, and we were playing um, ladies, and, ladies and Gentlemen, yes. that, and I met these guys who were really into fighting games, and they were talking about Guilty Gear, and I said, literally, guys, I have not played Guilty Gear since the very first one. And they're like, what, you mean like Exerd? And I was like, no, no, on the Sony PlayStation. <laughs> the very first one. I bought it for the Sony PlayStation, and that's what I played. It was called Guilty Gear, no weird tagline. Yeah, no and subtitles. no one knew what I was playing because everyone's playing like Mortal Kombat. And, and they're like, oh, wow. I don't think I've ever played that one. I'm like, well, that's where I stopped. <laughs> As I have a hard time devoting like like time to more than one fighting game because I feel like if I'm going to play a fighting game, I want to get decent at it, which takes a lot of like dedication. In truth, yeah. I feel like the only real way, which is also, again, probably why the safe characters work best, 
and the only reason I feel like you can get good at multiple fighting games are two ways. One, if that's all you ever do, right. because that's a lot <laughs> of dedication that's required. Or two, you choose a bunch of characters that cross the franchise that play similarly. Yeah, like where where are my well rounded guys, and then I'll play the Ryu. I need every the all the characters yeah. that quarter circle punch. Yeah, I think it's a key, uh, uh, probably Kai, and um, as I'm sure he's still in that game, and Soul Bad Guy. Soul Bad Guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him. Terrible name, though. All right, back to the ninjas. How about that? My yes. ninja is from Ninja Masters for the Neo Geo. This track is called The Mist in the Ryuga Caves. This is the theme of Goemon, composed by Hirokai Shimitsu, Yuka Watanabe, Takashi Muramatsu and Hirokai Kunijai from the game Ninja Masters. Ninja Masters. <laughs> I don't know where that was coming from. <laughs> The real fear when you're not recording. It's like, what did I forget to record throughout the episode? <laughs> this, this is uh, the mist in Ryuga Caves, the theme of Goemon from the game Ninja Masters for the Neo Geo, composed by Hirokai Shimitsu, Yuka Watanabe, Takashi Miramatsu, and Hirokai Kunijai. I think it's funny because when you first started going into that, I originally <laughs> thought you were referring to Goemon from Mystical Ninja. I know. Goemon. I, I was like, wait a minute. Sasuke's the ninja in those games. That's the only Goemon we know, right? That's the only one I know. Yeah, I don't know these other Goemons. Frauds. So this is um this is one of the few SNK game, SN fighting games for the SNK. Because they had the World Heroes. Uh, it's um not SNK. It's not SNK, but it's on the Neo Geo, and it's not World Heroes. This is the other one. <laughs> <laughs> that other game. And it's not King of Fighters. It's this one. Um, yeah, and it's got a cool bunch of cool ninjas. I used to play this one, but I don't have a really clear memory of it. And I get it mixed up with that other ninja, like, side-scrolling game on the Neo Geo. 
There was another one? Yeah, man. It was old. I used to play it all the time. I was obsessed with it. I just want to call it Ninja Strike Force and call it a day. You know, it might be. Um, <laughs> Ninja Strike Force. If it were, I'm Ninja like, that's the most unimaginative. It's called, it, was, it was called Ninja Combat. <laughs> wow, that's even less imaginative. You could <laughs> be um, the Red Ninja or the Blue Ninja. Well, clearly the Blue Ninja for me. So uh, this game, I mean, so I don't know about this one, but Ninja Combat came out when we were in like the sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and I was obsessed with it. And me and my friend Steve, we used to run around the track on, on during recess, pretending we were the ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we were Boy, nerds. We were so popular. It's funny you you reminded me of like a meme I came across the other day where they said like where the character said like we didn't make fun of you in school because you liked anime. We made fun of you because you ran around like a ninja on the, on the playground. I know. And look, yeah, exactly. Looking at it now, like the artwork is lame. Well, at least the American artwork is, but. Um, but the game was was pretty cool. I, I liked it. And I gotta tell you, I can't knock you too much. I did the same sort of stuff, my darn self. I was doing Kamehameha's and Kachu Tenchi Yamaguchi games <laughs> yeah. on the playground, or in uh, the lunchroom for that matter. Like in the lunchroom. Yeah, because like the thing with Rodma, he had the chestnuts roasting over over far. So he was like moving his hands so fast that he couldn't get burned by fire. So my brain was like that seems like a really cool thing to do. So I would like set up bottles. And like, see if I can grab all the bottles off the shelf without like without knocking the other ones over by grabbing at them quickly. So I'm like, gah, 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 gah. it was always just funny to try. Clearly impossible because it's a bloody cartoon. And it's a cartoon, yeah. But I wanted to believe you can move so fast. Yeah. But I played the heck out of these ninja because on the Neo Geo games because they're uh, uh, out of all the games in the arcade, these are always guaranteed guaranteed to be just a quarter mm-hmm. because these machines are so much easier for the arcades to maintain. They would buy the machine. They would just get the boards real cheap, or they'd buy them like secondhand or a bootleg real cheap. No, these weren't MVSs, so they weren't swapping carts on these. Um, no, the Ninja Combat was definitely an MVS because they because they could swap between games. Oh, okay. Unless you could swap between games on on the CD systems as well, right? Well, I'm not sure. Like I I only know about AVS and MVS, and the MVS being like the cart with the thing with like four carts in there, you pop those in and out. Yeah. Uh, but then I figured that the arcade version, like the the other board, would just be like, here's an arcade board, not a cart. Yeah, it might be it might be the boards. I'm not I, I don't really know for sure, but I remember playing it a lot. It was like because it was always Ninja Combat, some like uh, the Super Spy, mm-hmm. uh, World Heroes, and then like something else. Like, yeah, if it was four on one machine, it was definitely cart swapping. It was the MVS machine. It was MVS machines. But I thought those were I always thought those were really awesome. Oh, oh, and um, Sengoku. Sengoku was awesome. But because there was a recorder, I play all of these games all the time. And also back then, this was when that was like the epitome of beat 'em up style too, because like home consoles couldn't keep up with what those games looked and played like. Yeah, they couldn't. Like the Super Nintendo got real, real close, but like, but Super Nintendo had like weird caveats. Like you think of Final Fight, how they couldn't handle having two players at once uh, on Final Fight. So I swear, man, that was like they they talked to Blockbuster ahead of time and said, "Look, we're not going to put guy in the game, the one character everybody loves, but." We'll make a special edition only for Blockbuster called <laughs> Final Fight Guy. That was ridiculous. Um, but this, people bought it. What I heard was that in in Japan, the main character was Guy, the cool the cool like ninja man. Really? But in America, they made the the, the main character Cody, not, not Cody, Cody, right? Cody was the short, punchy guy. Yeah, and Hagar man, was the mayor, the American, and that would be Cody. So it was like so they kind of focused on the different characters being like the front person of the games, which is why in the American. North American release of Final Fight, they were like, instead of 
guy, let's make it Cody. Cody I didn't and realize that, but I could see them doing yeah. that. And then I thought, like, when I mean, they first came out, I was, I was like, I was pretty young too. I was like, well, you know what? There's only two controllers, so I guess you can only have two characters. But then they were like, but there's only one player game. And you're like, well, what the heck? None of this makes sense. <laughs> That's right. It was one player. It was the stupidest thing, and I always assumed maybe someone in the industry can, or not industry, but just knows better can say otherwise. But I always assumed that at the time was because. When they with the way we we're doing the carts, they couldn't handle having two player input I mean, in Final Fight. I don't know because Ninja Turtles on the NES, Ninja Turtles Two, the arcade version. I think it was actually called the arcade game on the NES. Was two player because mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't play it otherwise. Oh yeah, but you know different graphics, like you know different you know output requirements too. Like you talk about Turtles, the arcade game on okay, the okay, NES okay, versus yeah. Final Fight on the SNES as a launch cart. I will say this: yes, different graphics requirements, much greater and, and very similar like gameplay requirements. True, it's the true. same thing. You're just hitting, smacking buttons, knocking down dudes. Probably more because in Final Fight, you can't grab people. That is true. Wait, no, you can grab people in Final Fight. You can't grab them in Turtles. Uh, you like, pick them up and throw them. I'm thinking of Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time, you can grab them and throw them at the screen. Yeah, the Manhattan Project, whatever it was called. No, that was Turtles in Time. Manhattan Project was the Genesis attempt. No, Genesis was Hyperstone Heist. Yes. What Manhattan Project was three. Three. On the NES. On the NES, okay. But it was in the style of... Because they never went back to do the original like side-scrolly Ninja Turtles. Someone needs to make a but, version I mean, of that again. Yeah, they <laughs> never... They, they didn't do like those like that that weird like you know, Ultra Games version style anymore. It was yeah. always the beat-em-ups. Yeah, I don't think Konami made that one. But it was definitely published under quote-unquote Konami. <laughs> um, Ultra. Ultra. Okay, so we're on to your third track. So this, is your, this is your next pirate. And I feel bad because again... Pirate it up. Ryan Hartzell Corver is going to hate me because again, this track is going to the that track's going to the end of the Ooh, episode. It's got to get in here. Shake that booty. But oh, stop! <laughs> but this track is just sounds too good to not include in the episode. And I was shocked we've never played it before. Oh. And it's a loosely tie-in because you know the theme of the game. But this comes from the game Shantae and the Pirates Curse. Um, and the track is titled "Rave in the Grave," and it is composed by Vert. I think this was his, maybe his second to last Shantae game that he composed for. I don't remember. But anyway, this is a banger. I hope you like it.
Welcome back. You're listening to Raven the Grave from the game Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, released on well, crap ton of systems, um, and for dumb, composed by fantastic composer Vert, Jake Kaufman. Uh, so you're probably thinking, well, why in the world is this on this show regarding pirates? Why in the world is it on the show about pirates? X choice. So the idea of Shantae and the Pirates Curse from the premise of gameplay or narrative rather is that uh, in the previous game Shantae is no longer a genie because she basically loses her genie powers to save, you know, sequin land. So over the course of this game, or early on in the game, she ends up forming a, a reliant or a Kind of teams up with Risky Boots, who's the series pirate, and her, you know, her rival, Risky and Boots. Risky Boots. Risky Boots. I always thought that was a hilarious name. Um, they team up we'll to up travel Risky along boots. the country or the world to retrieve a bunch of cool pirate equipment to stop the Dark Master, or rather the Pirate Master, from destroying the world. Essentially, so they work together in a line. So as you Risky play through boots. the game, you get equipment that is essentially pirate gear that allows you to do different things. Like you get like a pirate cannon or pirate gun. You get a pirate's head unless you kind of glide across the oh, map. A pirate's cutlass so you can do like a dash attack. And it's a lot of fun to just kind of mess around because in the previous game, you were so on previous games. There was two before this. You got so used to the idea of like Shantae have magic powers. You could transform into animals and use fire and the pike balls and all that. But in this game, it's like, well, you don't have magic anymore, but you have this cool sword and this cool hat, you know. They always like the idea that they switched to the idea of like going to themed islands instead of one interconnected map. So this was like the zombie island. It was like, you know, a bunch of zombies, yeah, undead yeah. enemies. That is the um, the where this music takes place. Zombie Island. Mm-hmm. This is great music for that, too. It's, it's kind of that spooky, like, Halloween, like, fun Halloween kind of music. Yeah. Castlevania, Castlevania Dance-A-Phone. I really like um, that what Vert does before the loop, before it just starts up. It's, it's like a quick little bridge. It's like a tiny little, like drum roll but like it's just a quick little bit that kind of extends it longer than the normal 4-4 signature it's really neat I'll, I'll try to point it out again <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's going to be a few minutes <laughs> oh dope and it's one thing I started to realize as I'm doing some of these episodes I gotta start checking myself before I wreck myself as they say in the, in the lexicon is that I feel like maybe it's because I'm getting older or tired but like I will start speaking but I actually can't keep up with my own words sometimes I'm like oh. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what podcasts are for for now. That is true. You just I'm, keep talking. You just keep talking. I'll keep rolling. <laughs> well, in my, I guess in my defense, maybe that's also just a quirk. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's an acceptable quirk. Like, that's how I talk. That's how I present myself. As long as the idea comes across, that's just added, that's added charm. Added chocolate. It's like charm. Lucky charms. Chocolate. Where's chocolate. My, great. My, I, hey, I didn't do it there. That was intentional. Where's my lucky charms? <laughs> Frosted ones, even. Speaking of candy, I have a I mentioned, I mentioned, I mentioned it on the yeah. show proper because I mentioned it on my on my Facebook. Oh, hold on, my, my, my parts my parts coming up. <laughs> it's here. Yeah, hold on, it's coming up. So like, yeah, yeah. So there's the bridge to the loop, and there's like this drum roll that happens right here, like that part. Uh-huh. It only happens at one time. It's after like two loops of it. It goes. It's fun. I like it. Bird is a genius. All right, we're talking about candy. Yes. So tell me, tell me, I was at a gathering yesterday, and I learned from someone in like a passing conversation of a new type of Reese cup. Oh yeah, that is filled with potato chips. I want this? It's like it's it sounds like a blasphemy snack. It's blasphemous snacking, and yet at the same time, I want to eat it. Sounds perfect. 
No, because on one hand, yes, I do get sometimes you can buy chocolate dipped potato chips. They do exist. Yeah. And people do do chocolate and peanut butter together. So you would figure, I guess, as a whole, it makes sense. But the thought of just potato chip crumblets inside of a Reese cup. Have you had potato chip ice cream? Wrong. No. It's incredible. That doesn't say I should go together either. Salty and sweet. But they're potato chips. Have you dipped? It's texture, man. Yeah, the texture is perfect. No, they're like soggy, frozen chips. No, no, no. If you get to keep them crunchy. They keep them crunchy. You can keep them crunchy. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It can be done. There's a there's a we plain, have the technology. There's a there's a vegetarian restaurant in Philadelphia called Veg V E D G E E one E. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, and I had that there. It was amazing. It was probably one of the best dining experiences I've had in Philly. It's so it was chocolate so, ice cream, potato chips. It was a it was like a vanilla salted caramel situation, but the salty part of the caramel was potato chip, like kind of crumbles and flakes, hmm. and it was still crunchy in the ice cream. Weird. It's insanely good. Well, now so you're already, you you jumped ahead and are imagining like this like soggy mess inside your your ice cream, but it's not like that. It's not like that. Well, I'm on the hunt to find the things, and I'll know firsthand. Then I found the peanut brittle Reese cups, but I haven't found the potato chip one yet. Peanut brittle sounds really good. No, peanut brittle ones are delicious. Oh, They're man. 210 calories a cup, though. Because <laughs> they stay in the freezer half the friggin' time. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat that before I go to the gym. <laughs> Actually, what I do now is um, because I don't really drink caffeine like that, except for, like first thing in the morning mm-hmm. is I'll eat dates. I'll take I'll drink I'll eat two dates before I do anything. How, how does that work? It's good. It actually does the job? Yeah, I mean it's because they're they're like little sh- bombs of sugar. Dates have so much sugar in them. Maybe I should try that too. But uh, but I do that instead of like energy drinks now. And I think because like now I'm used to getting energy from my food mm-hmm. that it's I'm like I feel like I feel the hit of it stronger. And it's so, healthier I'm sure. Yeah so when I eat like a granola bar or something I don't see it as filling me up. I see it as just giving me a little bit more energy. Powering you. Yeah, a little bit more power. But when I was drinking energy drinks like crazy, I never felt that. Because unless I was feeling like the crazy jolt of something, it didn't matter. So I'm going to target after this episode, so maybe I will buy some dates and try your method too. If anything, they're delicious. Just I wouldn't eat more than two or three at a time because that's like a lot of calories. Anyway, they're heavy on the calories. That's why they came up in my mind. Also, it takes a lot longer for it to, to get through your system. So don't just take it and go work out. You need to take it, wait an hour or two, and then go work out. Ah, so I'll be popping it before at work still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll eat it in the morning. Anyway, that's my regimen. And everyone, eat dates. They're full of fiber. Fantastic for your morning. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So I'm going to let my last track. You got to go with the Ninja Warriors. The Ninja Warriors again. Yeah, we had a whole dialogue about this. So (laughs) that would be funny to bring up. How many Ninja Warriors does it take to fit in a SNES track? There's actually three ninja warriors. They're all robots, and they're all assassins, and they're they're a good good part of this morning your breakfast in the morning. Oh, you you, you monster! It's been a it's been a long day. Um, oh, you did that intentionally? I did not do that intentionally. Oh, dope. Um, but yeah, and I still have to build some IKEA furniture later. Um, so the ninja warriors, a very um, well known Taito Zuntada soundtrack. Composer is Hiroyuki Iwatsuki on this track. Is this it? is not Daddy Monk. No, no, I think we've listened to Daddy Monk already. That's a that's a pretty good track. This is Stage One Headquarters. This is from the Super Nintendo version of the Ninja Warriors, also known as the Ninja Warriors again. Again, the Ninja Warriors next week. <laughs> <laughs> the Ninja Warriors they're showing up <laughs> eventually. The Ninja Warriors. Where's the rest of the milk? <laughs> the Ninja Warriors not replacing the toilet paper. 
That's going to be a show. That could be a total show. <laughs> it's the Ninja Warriors. Um, this is Stage 1 Headquarters, composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. back you're listening to stage one the headquarters from the game the ninja warriors for the system the super nintendo <laughs> composed by hiroyuki iwatsuki oh man this whole soundtrack is just funk it's functified you got that bass that slap bass is all over oh all it's over a great track but like we, that that weird segment we did before leading into the song, <laughs> once we stopped i started thinking like we were joking we talked about earlier how we'll have eventually have a always sunny episode and it got me thinking like this the Ninja Warriors would totally fit in with that concept of how oh, always yeah. he names his episodes like the Ninja Warriors solve the climate crisis the Ninja Warriors get uh, armaments the Ninja Warriors yeah. open a bakery that's the game like the game is is like there's a, there's a there's an evil entity overthrowing the government they've tried everything they could so the last the last ditch effort they gotta throw in the, the robotic ninjas the Ninja Warriors right so like we've tried everything to solve the climate crisis it's time for the Ninja Warriors <laughs> the Ninja Warriors in there <laughs> We, so we tried everything to get these pieces baked in time for the big pizza party. We got to get the Ninja Warriors in there. The Ninja Warriors baked pizza for the big pizza party. Oh, man. The Beth just won't come through on this bake sale. She just she, she won't do the Rice Krispie treats. Send in the Ninja Warriors. <laughs> the Ninja Warriors conclude a bake sale. <laughs> I love it. I would do it. See, that's a show. I would be interested in watching the Ninja Warriors do all these things. Maggie, can I have a Rice Krispie treat? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Only one per customer. <laughs> like, every time like they do something you get an orchestra hit ding, ding. <laughs> I would play it oh my god I see I want to do it now someone has to do it the Ninja Warriors start a podcast bam <laughs> the Ninja Warriors podcast every episode so nin- Ninja Warriors <laughs> ultimate Ninja Warriors the um I don't know, something about these ninja games and orchestra hits all about it <laughs> all about it. it's probably just also like when these games were released there's a lot of orchestra hits in them this has got kind of a funky reverse orchestra hit. Bit, bit, bit. 
Um, but uh, definitely the last one I played, the um, Ninja Masters mm-hmm. uh, for the Neo Geo. That was orchestra hit every freaking quarter note. Just bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and officially now after this episode, I'm going to put Ninja Warriors for the Switch on my wish list because now I want to play these games. I've heard so much about them, and I'm almost positive. I'm sure I've played one of them in the arcade, but the memory is not strong enough yeah. to maintain it. So this is going up there with the Wild Guns for me, like, classics that I need to revisit now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I played this one in the arcade ever, because and I, as I don't know if it was ever released in the arcade on, like, on standard TVs, mm-hmm. on the standard CRTs, because I, I was, as it was on those those long, super long, like, R-type uh, CRT things, right? The one with the, with the three the, screen? The, the three screens and the mirrors. Um, so, I don't think I played this in the arcade, but I definitely played the SNES version, because there was, like, a, a summer where me and my friends, uh, Steve again, we would run around pretending we were ninjas. <laughs> we just played beat-em-ups on the Super Nintendo. What was a, a Cap Blast? Was it Blast Man? No. Cap the Sonic Blast Man. Sonic Blast Man. Sonic Blast Man Two. I mean, that was a right of passage Commando. as a game, a yeah. teenager gamer was co-op beat 'em ups. Yeah. Something that I don't know if it's that, that's the case now. I feel like nowadays that same style would just be online multiplayer shooters or something. But. I think I think it means so much to me because it was the last summer before he got into RPGs, and then once he got into RPGs, he was lost. Also, oh yeah, I mean that's your life. Forty hours a game. <laughs> Of narrative. What are we doing? I'm playing. I'm playing Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger. You want to hang out? Like, just watch you play Final Fantasy. I can't co-op with that. No correction. Actually, Final Fantasy, you could co-op. Final Fantasy Six. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Two-player Final Fantasy game. One of the. I think that's the only one that existed. Too. I can't think of any other like. Well, you know, it would just traditional be like, Final Fantasy that had two-player. All mode. right, here comes the other character, and you just choose an item or a fight. But that's still the game. It's that's still, literally it. Like that's the game anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. what if what if what if you think that Saban should do the bum rush, but the other player thinks he should just do Aura Beam? Every every JRPG is actually two-player. If you hold the left side and I hold the right side. No, nah, that's that's one of those like wacky dating games or cookies and cream. You just gotta get in close. <laughs> you just gotta. Yes, he's got I see, that would be pretty bland too. Like, okay, your job is to scroll <laughs> through the menu, and your job is to confirm the ninja. <laughs> the, the ninja warriors beat Final Fantasy VI. Hey, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd absolutely watch that. All right, so um, I'm gonna turn this track down because guess what? The ninja warriors are going to the bonus round. The ninja warriors enter the bonus round. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And our theme this week is Pirates versus Ninjas. Mm-hmm. So what we got? So Pernell for the, the, the ninja round. <laughs> so initially I was looking for a track from this game involving hurdy-gurdies because in Sea of Thieves you can, oh in fact, have a hurdy-gurdy session with yeah. your fellow pirates. Um, but unfortunately I didn't come across that per se. Hmm. But in the journey, I did come across a cool metal remix from Sea of Thieves, oh. from someone I hadn't heard of up until now. So this is, let me see, Grog Males, <laughs> metal remix from the game Sea of Thieves on the Xbox One, and this is composed by Axriel.
Welcome back. You're listening. You were just listening to Grog Mail's Metal Remix from the game Sea of Thieves on the Xbox One. Gun and covered by Axreal. Axreal. Uh, it's a good track. Short yet sweet. And like I said, it may not be hurdy gurdy, but I do feel like it still carries that feeling of like you know the with the pirates life for me. But <laughs> we got heavy guitars. You see, going to play them hard as bad as we can while drinking caffeinated drinks. And that's the track. Um, though, funny enough, like I got remembering of like an old Muppet Babies episode mm. where like they actually did a, a pirate themed episode and Gonzo comes like he goes, yo ho ho and a bottle of milk. <laughs> and as a kid, I remember hearing that and still be like, this is really ridiculous. Cause even as a child, I know that pirates drink alcohol, but I guess babies <laughs> can't. Something, oh well. Something, something in mead, but yeah, cause when they started playing, you're like, yo ho ho and a bottle of milk, but you kind of said it under your breath. That's so I'm like, <laughs> you're like, what? Is that what I heard? Like that's exactly what that's you what heard. heard. <laughs> cause I've been carrying that with me for my entire <laughs> life almost. Because Muppet Babies was like the early, like the late eighties. You've been holding on to it like like a like a like a traumatic memory, and you finally let it go. Oh on, no, it's not traumatic. Top. I say it all the time. <laughs> I'll if, if anything comes up regarding pirates or just like right, hanging out, I'm like yeah. yo ho ho. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going in a different direction here, obviously, with the ninjas. Right. This is a track called The Amazing Ryu. This is from the game Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Not Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. (laughs) No Gaiden. The the side story, Ninja Gaiden. The Ninja Gaiden. But uh, but anyway, the track is called Amazing Ryu. This is a jazz um, arrangement of level 4-4 from Ninja Gaiden, composed and arranged by Paul Kester. I'm sorry, not composed by Paul Kester, but this is arranged and performed by Paul Kester. Thank you. 
that was the amazing Ryu, a jazz arrangement of four two from the game Ninja Gaiden for the NES, the NES version. Also called Unbreakable Determination, composed by Keiji Yamagishi and arranged and performed by the amazing Paul Kester. That was a fantastic track. And I thought it was funny that ninja themes are usually very fast paced and like energetic. And this remix is more like relaxed and subdued. Yeah. And pirate themes are generally more, in my opinion at least, they're more relaxed in that sense. Mm. And my remix was uh, very heavy. Um, nice, yeah, nice yeah, yeah. There. yeah. The ninjas are, are kind of on the edge. They're living in the shadows and they're going to murder somebody. And the pirates are like, we're getting drunk, going to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but after a long and relaxing and interesting adventure on the high seas. Yeah, exactly. And treasure. Big treasure. Big treasure. Big treasure. Big treasure. Whammy stop. Big treasure. And ninja warriors and then big treasure. Um, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to all of these artists. Bandcamps, SoundClouds, anywhere you can buy the music, support these artists. Hmm. Thank you for joining us on episode 30-7 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is Pirates versus Ninjas. Hi yo. This is a very uh very piratey. piratey track, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kinda of funny that again, this takes me back to like that want and desire. I swear I've been thinking about this more and more lately as I get older. Like I have this desire to go back and play this game again because I haven't done it in forever and story bits are so hazy to me. But this comes from the game Zeno Gears. Um, Leftovers of the Dreams of the Strong, composed by Yasunoi Mitsuda, and it is pretty much the theme of the pirate hideout of basically character, playable character and leader of pirate troop Bartholomew Fatima, or Fatima. Mm. So, he was a cool character in the game, for I remember. Uh, he, I feel like he had, like, I remember he had like a whip-type weapon or something, but it was just a great game. I like the theme of this area. I like his butler constantly tossing out cups of tea to serve. <laughs> um, those are things I mainly remember. But it's so hazy. It's been so long. I remember you had like a girl that would chase him around the globe too. Also, she also piloted a gear. Funny enough. <laughs> um, but I just have these hazy memories of this game, and I always find myself thinking I should go back. I should go back. But then I also it, find myself hoping and wishing that Square would just redo the Blasted game. Oh, uh, they got and do it right. They got so many games people want them to redo. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to know what they're going to do. Well, I mean, if they just stopped doing Final Fantasy over and over, we'd be good. We'd be good. You can't stop this train. You got to suplex that train. <laughs> stop the Yggdrasil. They stopped the Yggdrasil. It's uh, the Ninja Warriors and the Final Fantasy remake. I would play them. <laughs> yeah. In the Final Fantasy remake. Um, you said something that brought something to mind, and it will come back to me later because that's <laughs> that's just where I'm at right now. Um, Rob's had a really hectic weekend. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. It's been good. It's just been it's been really busy. Um, so I would like to tell you, our listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with us, the podcasters, if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, or you just want to say hello, or that or you want to say hey, we're doing bad, you rapping bad. But also, if you're rapping cool, you can also, you can do your rapping cool. You can send us an email, rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode, all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes, go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. 
and um, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, and that's just like updates on the show and when it's coming out, and usually like updates on um, our live stream episodes as well. You can go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels where we have a 24-7 radio stream of 8-bit and 16-bit classics. And you can support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And as a member there, you get access to uh, monthly live streams. You get access to prequel episodes. You get access to some cool uh, merchandise like T-shirts, mugs, and stickers at all these different levels. And um, at the highest levels of every show, we like to thank all of those Patreons by name. But we like to first thank a new Patreon member, Matt Beck. Thank you for becoming a sponsor. Welcome aboard. And now we'd like to thank Alf Person, Frankly Zappa, excuse me, Mike Myers, Kristen, Fashion 8060, Steve Miller. Um, we got Alex the Messenger, Messenger from AVGM Journey, which is a great VGM podcast. I think they've just had a, they hit a, a milestone, haven't they? From full like, anniversary. Yeah, an anniversary show, right? Yes. And he's doing, well, that when the episode eventually comes out. He's doing a like a Christmas special, which I'm actually taking part in. Oh, so it should be nice. interesting. That should be fun. You should check that out. So a VGM journey, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all places where fine podcasts are served. We'd like to thank Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes Three Podcast, Chris Wisner, aka Musashi Two One Nine, aka the Wise Guy. Well, we just call him that. Christopher, <laughs> no one else calls him that. Uh, Christopher Sendstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, another fine VGM podcast. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and also um, as Mebri64 from, I think it's called the Atlantis Demo Scene Group. He actually just um, kind of emceed a, a weekend-long uh, Twitch um, demo scene like event Ooh. where there were demo parties and there were people talking about like breaking apart the Commodore 64. It was like, and like what and how to hack it and how to maintain them. And very it, detailed. It was very, very cool. And that's, I know that's something he's, he's really um, uh, passionate, about. passionate about, super passionate about. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it goes. You, I've you, been know, there. you know where I'm at. Uh, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage, Reinhard Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Taco, the Autistic Gamer 89, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy podcast, another fine podcast, which I think we're both going to be doing shows on in the near future. Yep. And uh, Camille. It's Camille. Camille. And it's Camille. So thank you all very much for your continued support of our show. It means a lot to us. It means that we can keep producing episodes. It means that we're motivated to do more episodes. It means that we can also produce more merchandise and silly stuff for you to wear and put on your body take it outside and also allows ninja warriors episodes up put it on your body to get up and like it allows people to check out old episodes too because hosting a file hosting yeah it's expensive when you have this many episodes it's a lot next week's episode next week it's the big 300 300 episodes that's 299 more than we thought we were gonna do i know i it's, it's so many that i completely forgot what episode number we were on <laughs> <laughs> we were going to originally do Pirates versus Ninjas next week with the follow up of this, and it's like, nope, not anymore. <laughs> oh, you know what did it? You know what did it? Was the page was the uh, the the anniversary show? It is numbered. In the past, I've numbered them. Oh, so I thought I had another week. <laughs> so anyway, we got we got some special stuff planned there, and then we have a board game episode planned after PAX Unplugged concludes in Philadelphia, 
and then we have a live streamed episode, and then the ninjas take on the pirates. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> Again. So we're getting back there. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the show. And I can't wait until next week's podcast. So we'll see you then. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good time. Have a, have a great time. Have, have, a, a, have a... Grab a net. You too. <laughs> <laughs> grab a net. And remember, <laughs> uh, as we go into the holidays here, you know, tis the season and all that, um, don't forget that even though it is really nice and fantastic to go out and cool grab cool deals for yourself and also finding cool deals and merch for your friends and family. Remember, there's also still people out there who could totally use your support by way of charity donations and the like. And I also get that some people might not be too comfortable with the idea of, like, you know, dropping coins in the bell jar or whatnot, aside for Salvation Army or whatever, um, whether it be politics or whatever. But with that comes into play, don't let that be the reason that you don't help anyone in any capacity. There's other outlets you have available to you to donate money to good charities and supports for people who can have good holiday seasons or beyond food, shelter, uh, clean water. And then on and so forth. And it makes me think next week's episode, maybe I'll actually come up with a list of these entities too so you can have oh, an that's actual a, list yeah. of them. I like that, yeah. Um, but yes, be, re- be, be in remembrance of those who do not have. It's not just about what we do have. Some people aren't that lucky, so. I'll stop rambling. <laughs> Grab a net. That's the other part. <laughs> you got it. Way ahead of you. <laughs>